A podcast we'd like you to check out is Movie Sign with the Mads. Join Frank Conniff and Trace Ballou of MST3K and Carolina Hidalgo of Sirius Radio on a film odyssey exploring the good, the bad, and the weird. You can find Movie Sign with the Mads on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search for Movie Sign with the Mads. I hereby christen this budget Barbie camper Priscilla. Queen of the Desert. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. Hey, Steve. Y- yes, my friend. Um, I got a gig. Um, it's about 4,000 uh, miles inland. And I know you're upset uh, because uh, your last uh, critic partner died. Yeah. So uh, I was thinking we could go and go out to this hotel and uh, review a classic movie together, along with perhaps uh, another annoying critic that you hate. <laughs> well, alright. Sound like fun? Would you mind if I don't speak in an Australian accent for some reason? Nah, I won't notice. <laughs> alright then. Great, then we're gonna go review classic movies and, and decide whether or not that they should be classic or not. And all along the way, lots of uh, nice frocks and maybe an uh, Aboriginal dance party. And um, inexplicable signs, <laughs> road signs, they have slippers and stuff on it. Oh yeah, and I'm married and I have a son. Which isn't actually that different for a critic, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> the bit's starting to break down a bit. Whatever. <laughs> Bring me the son of Jorel. Stop it! I was wondering, oh man, I was wondering how long it would be until you made that joke about Terrence Stamp. 90 seconds! Okay. 90 seconds! Let's, unless you guys haven't figured it out. This time around, we're gonna take a, like we always do, we're gonna take a classic movie and see whether it lives up to its reputation as being good or bad. And this time, we are going to be reviewing The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah. 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 <sighs> That's it. That, I'm we're, done. we're done. Hope you like the movie, everybody. <laughs> I literally just got done uh, watching this like 20 minutes ago. I wrote down all of my notes and everything like that. You ready to do this, Steve? Yeah, I'm ready to do it. Okay, don't I'm, do I, I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> you sounded like a henchman from a Disney cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's me Australian accent. <laughs> no, it's, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> all right. I'm not good at my job. Do you have to draw attention to it? That, at what point was Australian accent part of the job requirement you, for doing this show? You, you always say. I always say at, that? At you got to do it. Number one, Australian accent. <laughs> number two, bizarre obsession with Werner Herzog. <laughs> number three, <laughs> yes. number three, when you make your recommendations, regardless of what the film we just reviewed is, it has to be dark, depressing, and leave you feeling like, I could go home and eat a sandwich, or I could just jump off this bridge. <laughs> and except for the Australian accent bit, I have fulfilled every you one of have those requirements. Nailed- Steve, you have met all of the requirements except for that one. And you could stand a little improvement in your Australian accent. <laughs> you think not, so? This is, we're not firing you. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is just a quarterly review. Okay. So, Do you think... Here, I want you to try this. Okay. Just say this. Just say this real quick. Okay. Shrimp on the Barbie. Shrimp on the Barbie. Mm, okay. Yeah. That works well. So I'm, I'm not going to get a four? No. Remember, you have to add syllables. So if you're going to say something like, that's a knife, which is one syllable, you have to make it sound like there's five. <laughs> oh, that's a noise. That's a noise. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're sorry to all of our Australian listeners. We're going to try to rope this in. Yes, we'll stop slurring you now. <laughs> We're very sorry. All right, you ready to do the who made it and why and who, <laughs> who are those people over there? Yeah. All right. Okay, the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, or as most people call it, just Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I think a lot of people forget that they, there's the adventures out of the beginning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Was directed by Stephen Elliott. Produced by Al Clark and Michael ha- Hamlin. Hamlin? Hamlin. <laughs> Written by Stephen Elliott. Starring Terrence Stamp as Bernadette Bassinger. Or Bassinger. Bassinger? It's the same problem with Kim Bassinger slash Basinger. Uh, change your names. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, Terrence wasn't the first person that they wanted to play uh, Bernadette. There were several other people that they wanted. Uh, the uh, Australian Film Commission gave them an allotment of one foreign actor in their movie. I didn't realize that they could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and they spent it on Terrence Stamp. It, well, they tried to spend it on several other people. You want to know yeah, who I was? Will, yeah, I don't, I don't know this. Okay, John Cleese. Oh. Okay, look at the movie. Hmm. Put John Cleese in the part of Bernadette. <laughs> Does that work? I don't know. I don't think that works. No, not at all. I don't think that works. The next, this next one gets a little bit closer. David Bowie. Okay. No, I mean, it could work. David Bowie could act. Absolutely, he could, yeah. Okay. This one goes a little far field. John Hurt. Uh... (laughs) Okay, a little bit different character. <laughs> a little bit different. A little bit different. But I think he could pull it off. He played the Elephant Man. He's a terrific actor. Exactly. All right, this one is too on the nose, I think. Tim Curry. Yeah, he probably gets calls mm-hmm. for all these parts. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, um, and only declined because he couldn't make it into his schedule, and I'm fairly certain that they said, hey, we need to find a man who has worked at drag before. Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Yeah. Take the movie, <laughs> put Tony Curtis in, <laughs> for the Bernadette character. Yeah. Can you see that working? Not so much. Can you picture him surrounded by Australian drag queens going, Well, <laughs> I really miss Trumpet. <laughs> it doesn't quite work, does it? <laughs> no, not quite. Tell you what, why don't you light your tampon on fire and blow your box apart? <laughs> because that's going to be the only bang you're going to get, sweetheart. Is he auditioning for Barney Rubble while he's performing in this film? <laughs> hey, Fred, what you wearing? Well, Barney, <laughs> technically what we're wearing is dresses already. You don't ever, ever see us wearing pants, do you? Oh, gee, Fred, I never thought about it like that. I just added makeup and pearls. <laughs> <laughs> they really missed the boat by not just going full-on Flintstones with this one. Oh, yeah, they should have. Yeah, well, you know what? I think the Flintstones came out in 94. Well, there you go. Yeah. Oh, there's the rest of a cast. Oh, we only yeah. did one. We, we've only, okay, we've, we've <laughs> listed one actor so far. Daniel Kelly as young Bernadette, who we see in the flashback. Hmm. Hugo Weaving as Tick, who whose stage name is Mitzi Delbra. Guy Pierce as Adam, whose stage name is Felicia Jolly Goodfellow. <laughs> Leighton Picken as young Adam, also in a flashback. Bill Hunter as Bob. Sarah Chadwick as Mary. Marion Barber, Mark Holmes as Benjamin, Julia Cortez as oh, Julia Cortez as Cynthia. More on that <laughs> later. <laughs> Ken Radley as Frank. Music by Guy Gross. Cinematography by Brian J. Brenny. Sure. Edited by <laughs> Sue Blaney. 
Production company Polygram Filmed Entertainment and Specific Films. Distributed by Gramercy Pictures. It was released in the United States on August 10th, 1994. Running time, 103 minutes. Budget in Australian dollars was uh, almost $2 million, Basically $2 million in U.S. And total box office was $29.7 million. Yeah. The movie went on to become fairly popular both in the United States and in Australia. In fact, when Australia had its Olympics, they even had a repli- replica of the bus with the big shoe on top and people dancing around. It's be- kind of become part of Australian identity. Yeah. Which they needed, because before that, all they had was Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, you definitely want to go with this one. Yeah, yeah. this one's a little bit funner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Remember, in Crocodile Dundee, he, he grabs a, a, a transvestite's nuts in a bar when he comes to the United States and gets all higgly grossy. Yeah. This is a response to that. Exactly. Fuck you, Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> yeah, you you don't you want to be careful when you're choosing your, your national cinematic mascots. Yeah. Yeah. So are you ready, Steve? Let's let's do it. I'll airbrush on your your eye makeup. Oh, thank we'll you. Put on, on these frocks. No, no problem. Put in put in your, your fake boobs. You ready? I'm ready. High heel shoes? Oh, yeah. You look you look really good. Oh, well, Thank you. Could could you maybe shave? <laughs> you don't have to. It's uh, not it's not like a requirement. If you want to do scary drag, that's fine. Here, put on this this head thing. Okay. Okay. There, we look fabulous. Uh, Are you ready? Yeah. To go into the world of the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yes. Well, we need to f- pick what song we're going to lip sync to first. Oh. Uh. Well, they talk about ABBA a lot, but there's only one ABBA song. So yeah. Which is fine oh, by what me. Do you wanna... Well, yeah. <laughs> 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 what, what what song would you like to? I don't know. Too. I mean, we could do "Staying Alive." Ew! No, no. really? Mm-mm. No, something better. <laughs> we can't start until you come up with something <laughs> better. This than is your bit, alive. dude. <laughs> Almost everything is better than "Staying Alive." <laughs> We're gonna do "In the Navy" by the YMCA. There we go. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay. We're lip syncing. You can't. You can't. You can't hear. Yeah, we're totally okay. lip syncing. Anyway, <laughs> to nothing. <laughs> to nothing. We couldn't get clearance for the song, so it's just you no. Get I don't want to pay for the rights to this song. <laughs> Okay, so um, we begin, strangely enough, for a film about drag queens, we begin with uh, one of the drag queens given a drag show. Isn't that weird? What? I didn't expect that. It's, yeah, you, you, you start out off kilter, you know, already. And this was this is uh, Tick, Hugo Weaving's character, mm-hmm. um, on stage, lip-syncing to a song that I had never heard before I saw this movie. You're kidding I had me. Never heard never song. heard that I've song? I've never heard a song. No. I've never been to me, and I've never heard this song. Is one of the worst songs ever written? Yeah. It is so manipulative. And oh yeah, weird. I, yeah, I yeah. I've I've I was uh, I was introduced to that song by this movie. So wow, I know. From when you watched it, this have you? Wait a minute. We, we got to stop. Hold up. Put the put stop, put the brakes on on this bus. Wait a minute. Sorry, I messed up your lipstick. What? <laughs> Have you seen this movie before I, now? I had not seen it before now, no. You've no. never seen I, this movie? Well, I was, I was 14 when it came out, so I missed it the first time oh, I guess, yeah, I guess you wouldn't go home. Hey, fellas, and sorry about forcing you to go to the Buster Keaton Marathon, <laughs> but I saw a great movie last night. Oh, The Adventures of Priscilla, <laughs> Queen of Why Are You Hitting Me? <laughs> your, your assumption of what my, my adolescence was like is pretty on the nose, actually. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it, <laughs> I was hoping it was, a, it was an obscene it was, exaggeration. It was a caricature. It was a cartoon of the way I was super cool and had awesome friends, and we did cool things. Uh, Give me my stuffed animal back, guys. <laughs> the doctor says you're never too old. 
<laughs> Dave me, Steve. I, I mature at my own pace. Uh, <laughs> no, so I missed it the first time around. I, I was aware of it because okay. I was, I mean... Uh, I, it's part of the cultural zeitgeist. Yeah, I was, point. and I was, I was into movies back then, and I would, you know, I watched like Siskel and Ebert religiously. Uh, so yeah. I was aware that the movie existed, but I just you never would light saw candles. It. You dim the lights in the room when it would come on. Yeah, exactly. This week You'd on Cisco and Ebert, shut up! It's starting. <laughs> you wait for the two high priests to come forward and give you give you your orders. <laughs> yes. Oh, which ones? Which one? Okay, I gotta ask. What direction will the thumb go up? Which one is which one is God and which one is Satan? Oh my God! Well, I guess it... I'm going to assume that Gene is God and that e- <laughs> and <laughs> Gene was the nicer one of the two, so I guess okay. he would be the benevolent one, and Ebert would be Ebert would be like the the angry, jealous God, you know. <laughs> Who demanded satisfaction. Who's constantly criticizing the other one for his likes. Yeah, and he would pour out his wrath. I'm telling you right now, it's a bad movie. Spawn is not good. You're a lunatic. (laughs) Don't make me come over there, Gene. (laughs) I will reach across this island, snatch a hold of you by that damn sweater vest. Okay, well, great. I'm glad you got to see something new then. Yeah, yeah, I'd never seen it before. Okay, Um, and also you'd never heard of Dusty Springfield before, uh, but okay. I've heard of Dusty Springfield, (laughs) I just never heard this song. Whatever, dude. Never been to me as a class. Well, uh, she was undressed by kings. (laughs) And now she's like homeless? (laughs) Or something? So, where did it get her? What good would it have done if I had heard this? Nothing if you've never been to you, whatever that means. (laughs) It's the worst lyric ever. It's such a bad song. Mm -hmm. Um, But I bet you can still hear it in your head. I can hear it right now. I can hear it right now. Uh I can hear it right now. (laughs) It's an earworm. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. and it's, I mean, be, I think the fact that it is such a terrible song makes it a perfect song for like a drag show because there's always that layer of sort of irony and camp yeah. appreciation of things in there. So, exactly. So, uh, Tick is performing this song and mm-hmm. finishes the song, and there's, uh, you know, there's applause and cheering and stuff when the song's over. Mixed response. Yeah, and the, and the people are not going nuts, but there's some appreciation. And there's one. Yeah, there are some people who are applauding, some people are just playing pool, and some people who want their feelings known with the can of beer. Yeah, he, he <laughs> gets a can of beer thrown at him yeah. and then from the side of the stage in comes uh, his buddy uh, mm-hmm. Fel- Adam. A- Adam who is uh, Felicia in character yeah. and Adam gets on the microphone and sort of tries to you know first make sure that yeah, that, that Mitzi is okay and then gets mm-hmm. on the microphone and gets into it with the guy who threw the beer can you know and he's like ah, yeah real good hey, you, hey do you know why microphones have long cords on them like this so that they're easier to get back when I stick it up your ass <laughs> yeah you know yeah. So we cut backstage, and and uh, Tick is you know getting out of his makeup and his. Tick doesn't seem terribly happy. No, he's, he's he doesn't seem terribly happy, and he seems a little burnt out. Yeah, like maybe this whole drag queen thing just isn't going the way he wanted it to go. No, you know? no. But he gets he gets a, a phone he gets a phone call. Yeah, he? there's a phone call which triggers a weird flashback kind of. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Where there's pe- to the, to the the machine g- that goes ping ping scene in um <laughs> meaning of life yeah, exactly <laughs> and we don't we don't know immediately we don't find out who's on the phone right. but uh, after he gets off the phone and he has his weird flashback to the hospital he mm-hmm. we cut to him uh, walking outside in the rain and he gets into a payphone and he makes a telephone call. Oh, by the way, when he's walking down the street, there are fist fights breaking out. Yeah, it's kind of like the apocalypse it's... outside. It doesn't paint a very nice picture of Sydney. No, no. <laughs> No, um, <laughs> but so he gets he gets into the payphone and he, he he calls somebody and the person on the other end of the phone is Bernadette, played by Terrence Stamp, and she's sitting all alone in this dark 
room and tick yeah. is like hey long time no talk hey i got some good news i got us a job lined up and would you want to come with us on the job it's for four weeks blah 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 and he's like mm-hmm. hey bernadette you seem kind of sad is everything okay and bernadette says no trumpet died oh, oh no. trumpet must have been important because bernadette seems sad yep cut to in this comedy <laughs> a funeral Trumpet's funeral <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you're thinking, why should we care about Trumpet being dead? We don't. And it turns out, later on, neither does Bernadette. <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. It doesn't wind up being... We find out more about their relationship later on, but this is how we're technically introduced to Bernadette. Yeah, she's... Uh, she Trumpet was apparently her husband, or her live-in boyfriend, or whatever. Boyfriend. And, and, yeah. and now he's dead, and Trumpet's sad. That's basically... Or, or you know, well, Trumpet's probably sad, too, because he's dead, but Bernadette, Bernadette is sad. Bernadette is an older woman... Uh, older cabaret performer in these clubs. Right. Uh, hence why uh, Tick is calling her. Um, but she really seemed, and this will develop more as, as it goes along, she seems pretty much done. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. She's done with the whole lifestyle. Because as they're walking away, Tick bring uh, walking away from the funeral, uh, Tick brings it up again and says, hey, you know, we need to kind of get away from all this. Why don't you come with me? We're going to, we have four weeks out at this hotel and um, we're, we'll travel out there and we'll just get away from Sydney. And that sounds like a good idea until Bernadette finds out who else is going <laughs> yes yes the other person going is uh anthony uh, mm-hmm. uh played by guy pierce yeah. uh which would be with felicia and mm-hmm. he is a handful so as bernadette says he is always performing 24 yeah exactly very loud and. very you know mm-hmm. uh flamboyant just you know mm-hmm. someone if, if you're if you're if you're at the place in life where bernadette seems to be and you just don't really want to be fucked with yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly Exactly. You're done. You don't you don't need that kind of 24 hour dramatic, you know, stimpy jokey. Yeah, that doesn't fly too well. But uh, she agrees to go anyway. Yeah. Because I mean, what else is she going to do? How are they going to get there? Well, they don't know. But then it turns out that uh, Felicia has bought them a bus. How did Felicia do that? Well, apparently he went to his parents and hinted that if he was uh, if they bought this bus for him and let him take this road trip, that it might make him straight. (laughs) <laughs> and his parents bought it? <laughs> uh, okay, I guess. So, I guess whatever works, right? So now it's time for a good old-fashioned buddy road trip comedy, which is what this movie actually is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, and yeah, and the, the bus the bus is named Priscilla, yes, so that's where we get the, the title from. Right, and as they're leaving, they upstage some weird woman who's decided to run to jog across the country? Yeah, yeah. And she pops up every now and then throughout the movie. and For some reason. Yeah, until I think they just forget about her altogether because that doesn't pay off at all. Like, there's no, it doesn't. If you're expecting it to pay off, it doesn't. She just she shows up maybe in two or three other shots later on in the movie. And then by like, believe it or not, this this movie has a a Marvel stinger at the end of it. Yes, after the credits. Yeah, that has nothing to do with the the woman nope, running across. That doesn't the have to do with the jogging no. woman. I was hoping it was the jogging woman. No, but it's not the jogging it's a, woman. It's different. It's a different one. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But they're leaving, and now we have a montage shots of them singing and being bored and driving and driving. There's a lot of driving. Here's two things that are in this movie a lot. I know that you're expecting me to say drag queeny kind of stuff. No, what's in this movie a lot is a lot of driving yeah. and a lot of bus breaking downing. Yeah, that happens <laughs> a few times. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. But it's um, during this part of the road trip that um, Tick has to tell Bernadette and um, Adam something. Yeah. You know what that something well, he, is? he has to tell him. Well. 
he, there's a couple of things. First, he's never actually told him who has hired them to yeah. sing at this hotel in the mm-hmm. middle of Australia. Uh, yeah. And, oh, by the way, the person that hired them is his wife. He's married. <laughs> <laughs> now Bernadette's a little upset because uh, this was a kind of big secret to keep, and it's not like he's been married and they're divorced. He's still married to this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, unless we forgot to mention it, uh, Tick is gay. Yeah, <laughs> his friends know him as a gay man. They don't know him as a gay man who is currently married to some woman four thousand miles away at a resort hotel. Yeah. So, but there are. I mean, uh, let's put it this way: Bernadette is more understanding than Adam, who just t- takes personal drama and just turns it into ways to be snippy and make jokes about stuff. Right, right. right. So, small wonder why Tick would be hesitant to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and Bernadette f- even says, like, oh, that's a big secret. Too bad, too bad, you know, pity, yeah, we'll pity, never be able to keep it. Stay that way. Yeah. Because Adam's there. Yeah. And the indication being, if it had just been Bernadette and Tick, it, Bernadette has, has this thing called discretion. <laughs> the capacity to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> Trustworthiness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, that's a, yeah, so they 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 pull over the first night and they they lock Adam out of the bus, uh-huh. which which is kind of super mean. I mean, I know that like they <laughs> they you know he's irritating and they don't really Australia has like all of the deadly snakes, yeah, and a whole bunch of other things that normally you wouldn't think of as being dangerous, but in Australia, oh, they're dangerous. It's like oh, what a cute ant! If it bites you, you swell up, then you die, and then you come back to life just for it to kill you again. <laughs> That's how awful the animals in Australia are. And they leave him out there all night because there's in the the next day they there's a joke where one of them says something to Adam and they're like, well, that's what you get for staying out all night. Like they <laughs> locked him out all night long and left him there. Had it coming. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for being irritating. You can potentially die. Mm-hmm. But they come into a, a tiny little dust bowl town. No, well, I mean it's a town, right? Yeah, you know, like a, a distant, distant suburb out in the middle of nowhere in the in the Australian outback. Yeah, and they they because they're they're not just going to spend the whole time on the bus. They're going to stop and like stay at hotels and stuff on the way. Because it's oh, like that's a, right. It, the other thing was was they had a bet before they arrived to the, arrived at the hotel. Adam and and, and uh, Tick. Yeah, remember? Yeah, and they we didn't find out what if if Tick lost what he would have to do, but. We we find out when we get to town, don't we? <laughs> yeah, they 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 uh, they get out of the bus and they're right. all dressed up in drag. Yeah, and they just kind of walk down the street in this middle of nowhere little Australian town, all dolled up as drag queens in hyper drag. And, oh yeah, like f- like flamingo <laughs> wigs and neon. Mm-hmm colors and the big the, the big exaggerated type of drag performance drag you know the wig is made out of like straws yeah <laughs> the dress is made out of flip flops yes yes you know the big fabulous drag you know the kind that you can't ignore <laughs> <laughs> So they get to the hotel. And right. yeah, and the hotel is interesting. Like the whole the wall is just like a, a mural of like a landscape which they can of the fall of the aborigines in Australia. Yeah, I which <laughs> which I think one of them remarks that it's it's kind of tacky. Just <laughs> a little, a little bit. tacky. But it does have a, a bar. Yes, it does. A little mini fridge and Bernadette teaches them how to rip off people. <laughs> yeah, just drink drink the gin and then fill it up with water. And then it's drink fun. all of the bourbon and whiskey and replace it with tea. 
and I'm sure, I'm sure the, the the people who run this hotel have never heard of that before. Because I'm sure <laughs> nobody ever does that. But yeah, so they 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 go down to the bar to mm-hmm. hang out. You know, they're just looking for something to do because Bernadette's like, I'm not staying in this fucking room all weekend. You know, like we does the bar have a sign out front that says "Warning, Shirley." <laughs> <laughs> Because it should. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's. It doesn't seem like the most drag-friendly or gay-friendly place. And no. it's not. Because <laughs> it's like gunsling. It's like Black Bart entered the, the saloon. As soon as they come in, the music, the piano stops and everyone, all sound stops. Yeah, exactly. As they walk up to the bar. <laughs> and they, Bernadette. Yeah, yeah, they walk up to the bar. Some, Bernadette orders some drinks. And then Shirley shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no. You can't have nothing. Get out. I'm evil. I guess. Right? We don't. I'm ignorant and mean. I'm not exact. I don't. I don't know what they were going for because she she's not wearing any makeup. She's got short hair. She's wearing a wife beater. Yeah, she looks pretty badass. Yeah. And well, who's that? Oh, that Shirley. What does she do? Oh, she be- beats up pigs in town. What do you mean? She just beats up pigs. <laughs> <laughs> it's what she it's does. What she does. We don't ask questions. We throw money at her to keep her from, from attacking us. <laughs> so long as she gets money, she'll keep beating up the pigs and leave us alone. <laughs> We've got a nice arrangement here with Shirley. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so that's when Bernadette turns to Shirley and tells her, "Why don't you light your tampon and blow up your box? Because it's the, the, the only action you're going to get." Yeah, and guess what? That's the funniest <laughs> thing this whole town has ever heard. Ever. Everybody laughs, and like they're mm-hmm. now okay. They're they're more accepting of them now. Right, and so we we dissolve cut to uh, now Mincy is drunk and standing on the on bar the, yeah. singing, and um, guess who's in a in a Marion Ravenwood style drinking. <laughs> Contest. It's Shirley and Bernadette. Oh my God! And they're drinking shots of something. Yeah, I have no idea what they're drinking shots of. <laughs> and and then eventually they get to a drink, and what does Shirley say? Oh, I can't remember what she says. I, I think she says something along the lines of "fuck." All I can see are female impersonators. Oh yes, yes. And then she dies. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> Bernadette wins. Bernadette falls over. I'm sorry, not Bernadette. Shirley falls over. Bernadette wins. Um, And then... And then... uh, Mitzi does something that didn't have a name back in 1994, but we've got a name for it now, don't we, Steve? (laughs) (laughs) That's how much we've progressed. Mitzi, dead names. Oh, yes. Bernadette. Yes, 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 yes. And and Bernadette does not like that. Yeah, Mitzi calls Bernadette Ralph. Yeah. And then uh, Bernadette kicks the shit out of Mitzi. Or, oh or, yeah! Um, as soon as they get of, back to the, yeah. as soon as they get back to the hotel room, <laughs> Bernadette throws the lamp and starts beating the yeah. shit out of, which, out of Mitzi. Which, by the way, is the appropriate uh, for sanction people for people who are completely drunk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just you know, it's just it's really not cool to dead name trans people. So you know, if you if no. you end up getting the shit kicked out of you, hey, you know what? Yeah. Oh, by Sorry the way, it's something that we haven't brought up, but it is heavily suggested that Bernadette is. Trans. Yes. And we find out later that Bernadette is trans. Yes. Okay. So a few people are like, why are they ignoring the fact that Bernadette is trans? Well, it, we'd bring it up when it becomes pertinent. <laughs> yeah. 
to the plot line, and it hasn't been pertinent to the plot line exactly. Yet. But yes, Bernadette Until is this trans. Whole, to this whole dead naming incident yeah. with with Adam. Yeah. Um. So next morning, they get a nice little surprise. You're like, oh well, this is this has been a nice little thing. They're winning over people with their with their 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 jovality and their, their outrageousness. Hey, people are great. People are nice. Even way out here, people are super great. Exactly. We only had to meet that one lady who beats up pigs for a living, and she turns out she's okay. And let's go out on the. Ba- oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody done sprayed something on their van. Uh, why did they spray on the van, Steve? Because I don't want to say. Oh, it. oh, so I have to say it. Um, yeah, that's that's why you're that's here. The, <laughs> those are the rules. That's what you signed up for, and you knew it. Um, I think it says AIDS fuckers go home. Yeah, yeah, someone painted that on their bus. Yeah. So they pick up some paint before they leave town. They're all a little upset about. Yeah, this. it kind of it kind of ruins your day when that happens. Just the a little when bit. people spray epithets on your bus, it's. Mm-hmm. But we get out to the road, and uh, Tick says, Hey, look, we can take a shortcut and go through the desert. <laughs> that, It'll save us two whole days. That, that'll that work out fine, seeing as this is a road movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since we had this scene where they stopped to look out over the nothingness that they were going to have to be driving <laughs> right. through. Let's, let's <laughs> steer straight into the heart of the nothingness. <laughs> What could go wrong? Uh-huh. And while they're driving on the shortcut, we get the first uh, bit of the um, Silver Pump Opera. Yes. That Adam Lind enjoys, where he has these long streaming silver lame, and he's singing. I can't remember what opera he's, he's lip-syncing to. Yeah. Um, but that gets interrupted. No, it does get interrupted. Yeah. Then he climbs down, and we get a little backstory on Adam, yeah. don't we, Steve? Yeah, that, that is a little dark and looks like it's going to get a lot darker, but then it and ends. And you're suddenly like, I don't want to be in this movie theater anymore, Steve. Yeah, it's like he's he because he he's he's telling the story to Tick, and it's apparently like from when he please was, subvert our expectations. Please subvert yeah, our expectations. He's, he's, please subvert our expectations. He's a little kid, and like it's, I guess it's his uncle, like in a bathtub, yeah. and his uncle is basically it looks like he's he's going to sexually assault this little kid. Like he wants the little kid to reach his hand under the water and to mm. and and so the little the little boy version of of Adam reaches his hand under the water, and we're just starting to you know tense up and like oh this is gonna get so gross i don't want to watch this and then the little boy reaches his hand down and pulls it up and he's pulled the plug out of the bathtub and the uncle's uh junk Mm -hmm. gets sucked down into the drain and he's into the drain and he screams and he's like he's like please go get your mom and little little adam goes no (laughs) (laughs) and then big adam who's telling the story informs us that he Mm -hmm. was stuck there like until his mom got home for about seven yeah, hours. Like, so happy ending. Thank you for subverting <laughs> yes. our expectations. Thank you, movie. I really didn't want you to go. I that was going to have to go have a lie down and stop hating humanity if you had gone on with the other. Yeah, direction. it's like oh, we're only thirty minutes into this thing. It can't get this dark yet. Yeah, but then the bus breaks down. What? No, I don't believe it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it breaks it, down in the middle and fucking nowhere. Yep. They cut to the next day and. Uh, Bernadette's having a bowl full of hormones yes. for breakfast. They're eating Fruit Loops. Uh, uh, Tick tries to fix the bus by. Oh, we forgot to we forgot to mention this. Tick is selling a brand of beauty products. Yeah. That are aimed to men. Yeah. Is it? I or think to so. Women. Yeah. I can't remember. But he's using some of the cream for that to try to fix the bus. Yeah, it doesn't really work. 
<laughs> so um, Adam decides that he's going to get rid of the uh, awful vandalism by painting the bus lavender. Yeah, and and Bernadette leaves <laughs> to go get help to wander in the desert. <laughs> to, yeah, to go get to help. Go get, yeah, wander in the to, desert. To, 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 it says to go get help. Actually, yeah, to she, to get lost like Clint Eastwood style yeah, in the middle of the she, desert. She passes several lizards. <laughs> Uh, a whole farmer, Maudib, and the Lars and the Lars Homestead, to eventually find John and Martha Kent of the Outback. Yes. <laughs> These two people driving in a jeep, just in the middle of the desert. And she goes, "Pa, do you see that?" <laughs> the first thing we've got to do is find that girl's proper family. So. Um, they find Bernadette. Bernadette's like, oh, can you please drive us back to the van? And they drive him back to... I'm sorry, drive him back to the bus. And while Bernadette's been gone, Tick has been working on routines while wearing uh, a green frock. Right. right. They pull up. They're happy to see Bernadette. They're, you know, Tick is wearing a dress. <laughs> and turns out that the Kents of the Outback are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> they speed away, never to be seen again. Yeah, they mash go on their Jeep and they leave real fast. <laughs> Bye. So then we cut to nighttime and they decide to rehearse, right? Right. Because they have this gig, they got to rehearse at some point, right? Yeah, they're working on uh, uh, an I Will Survive number. Right. And uh, what happens? Well, they get a visitor. Ooh. It's one of the Aborigines, one of the Aboriginal people sort of yeah. wanders in and is like, hey, how's it going? Now, before you start thinking, oh, you mean someone who's like just wearing like a loincloth and has like a long walking stick and a didgeridoo? <laughs> no. no, his name's Al. Alan, and he's wearing clothes. <laughs> it is not the it is not the uh, stereotypical what you would think of as a, like an Aboriginal person. Right. But he's like, hey, what are you guys doing? And he invites them over to their uh, place. Yeah, for a party. Like, yeah, I guess we're a party. And then they perform the I Am Alive thing. Yeah, yeah. And while they're performing it, they notice Alan really, really likes <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And Tick is like, Bernadette, check that out. <laughs> <laughs> and so then Alan joins in, and everyone has a great time, right? Yeah. And then we hear a, like a, a mashup between a, Aboriginal singing and the didgeridoo and I Am Alive. Yeah. And then I can't remember what happens. What happens next day? Uh. Oh no, it's that scene. I don't want to talk. I don't want no. Oh yes, okay. they, they they tick tick leaves with Alan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Bernadette and Adam alone uh, in the bus. Yeah. Bernadette finds something. Finds something awful. That, <laughs> but Adam says is his most treasured possession in the world. What is that? It's, well, it's a thing in like a, a little a little tiny glass jar like of alcohol or something. It kind of looks like a salt shaker. Yeah. And but it doesn't have salt in it. It's got no salt in it. No. No. Not, oh, not even close to being salt. Well, because, you know, Adam is a big ABBA fan, mm -hmm. you know. So he was at an ABBA concert once, and one of the members yeah. of ABBA, whose names I don't know because I care nothing about ABBA, but anyway, one of the members of ABBA goes into the bathroom, so he, he yeah. goes into the bathroom after she leaves, and mm -hmm. there's still something in the toilet. Mm -hmm. So Adam took it and put it in a jar and carried it around with him forever. Like a necklace, because like it was on a lanyard. Yep. And Bernadette said, uh, there's this amazing bit of acting by Terrence Stamp when it dawns <laughs> on Bernadette what this is. <laughs> and she goes, what are you telling me? <laughs> <laughs> that this isn't Oh, God, I just love that. Yeah, so that's Adam. That's who you're dealing so, with. So, yeah, after that, then they make a, a kite out of a frock and a blow-up mm -hmm. doll. And then while they're flying the kite, 
Um, well, it was a kite signal so that they would know how to get yeah, back. So to they, yeah, we could, yeah, because Tick has gone to get someone to help fix yeah. the bus. And then the, so as soon as they see Tick and his help coming back, they just sort of let the kite go and it flies off into the sky. Yeah, never to be seen again, I bet. I bet we never see it again. <laughs> So they manage to get the bus running to get it to a shop. Right. Right. And that's where we meet Bob. Bob. Good old Bob. Um, the dog herpes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, was was the funniest line until they did the punchline to that. <laughs> because, you know, one of them goes up and goes, oh, this is a nice dog. And what's his name? Herpes. <laughs> And then we meet um, Bob's... Bob's wife. Oh. <laughs> you know, every movie's got a little fly. Yeah. Every movie's got, like, either a, a little fly in the soup, or maybe it's just all flies sometimes <laughs> when you order something. And this movie's got something that's a little problematic. Yeah, yeah. Think, um, think Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, I think that... the most tone-deaf, <laughs> awful caricature of a Filipino woman that you can possibly think of. And that's Bob's wife, Cynthia. Yeah. Who is speaking in broken English, who comes out with uh, lemonade, in which she says, I think, quote, I make lemonade <laughs> and chocolate cracker. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the character. And she... Oh, Steve. She wa- and, and she wants to be in show business, and boy, does she have an act. Yeah, when we go to... The, we cut to dinner. Bob seems like a nice yeah. guy, except he keeps ignoring his wife and telling her to shut up. <laughs> and... Pretending like she's not in the room, and she keeps saying, "I'm enter- I'm I'm entertainer. I sing. Shut up. <laughs> Go sit down. Doesn't hit her or anything like that. But it's during this conversation that he asks them what they do, and they say we perform a cabaret show where men actually they say where we dress up like women and lip sync lip sync to song. And Bob goes, "Oh, like lay girls. I love them when I was yeah. a young, youngster. Turns out Bernadette was one of the original and most famous of of, of the lay girls. girls. Yeah. And Bob's really impressed by that. And now we discover that Bob does not know his hometown very well. No, because he says, hey, <laughs> you should do your act in town for everybody. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. No, seriously, they'll love it. So while they're getting ready to do this show at the local pub, turns out he's he's locked Cynthia up in the house. <laughs> and then something happens that I don't understand, Steve. Are you what ready? happens that you don't understand? Okay, there's a certain object that he really doesn't want his <laughs> wife to have. Mm-hmm. So why is it still in the house, chained up in a cupboard? That is an excellent question. (laughs) (laughs) We'll cut to the scene in which she pries open this locked cabinet and a bunch of ping pong balls fall out in a costume. Yep, I think you see where this is going. Yeah, we're running right at it. We gotta get past it. (laughs) Okay, so... They do their they do their opening bit to the show. It goes over like a lead balloon. Nobody really seems the, to dig it except for Bob. Except for Bob. But thankfully, someone comes in to save the day. <laughs> yeah, sort of, I guess. Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, she's a crowd she pleaser. She certainly is. It's it's Cynthia. It's Cynthia, and she's kind of dressed up like a stripper zebra cowgirl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's wearing them underwear. What got the zipper in the front? Yeah, and a cowboy hat yeah. and boots and. Um, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> and she's got the ping pong balls. She has several of them, and she then proceeds to. I can't do it, Steve. <laughs> she does. She does the ping pong ball trick. 
What is the ping pong ball well, trick, Steve? The ping pong ball trick is where you load the ping pong balls in yes, into a ping ball ball shooter, in a, and then you have like a fun game where you're shooting ping pong balls at each sort other. Sort of like that, yeah. That sounds like yeah, fun. Except, with... except the, the 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 ping pong ball shooter yeah. is her vagina. What? <laughs> And she shoots them out by bending over and just just shooting them out. And with a popping they sound, because I was pretty sure I was like erasing this yeah, memory as it was occurring. They make a fun little popping sound, mm-hmm. like a whammo air gun. Just <laughs> oh god damn it! Why did you have to say that? Do they even make those? I don't anymore? think they do. If uh, they do, I want to get one though. Now me too. I loved them. Uh, okay, so that's her whole act. That's right? I, I think. Unless there's more, we don't see it. Bob doesn't really care for that. Yeah, next day, I guess uh, she's done. Cynthia's she's done. She's leaving Bob. Yeah, she's packed up her car. Yep. Bob, for whatever reason, despite the fact that he has shown no love for this woman, <laughs> is telling her that she could stay and they'll work things out. And she's like, nope, you've got a small penis. Goodbye. <laughs> and she drives off. <sighs> Bye, Cynthia. Bye, Cynthia. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for being the one major problem with this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. But thankfully, all of your awfulness is only in that one spot. It, yeah. It's not like she was a reoccurring character that was coming in every five to ten she minutes to remind back up you of how get awful, to the hotel. how an awful, yeah. offensive caricature she oh, is. God. So, but, so the, Bob has kind of sort of fixed the bus. There's a problem with the gas tank where they, they it needs, it a, needs gas a new tank, gas yeah. tank. He can get it running, but it might break down again at any time. So, uh, the place to get the gas tank is, it's the same place where they're actually going, uh, for yeah. the uh, you know for the show, so Bob they 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 talk Bob into going with them. Like Bob can just well at first he says no, I'm not going to go with you. And there's a little bit of feelings between Bernadette and Bob. Yeah. And then they leave, and then the bus breaks down. <laughs> hey Bob, you want to come with us? Bob, yeah, he's like, I need a break. Yeah, I'll go with you. That'll be fun, right? Yeah. And Bob yeah. can you know every time the bus breaks down, Bob can fix it. Exactly. So now we have another uh, rooftop opera th- scene, except this time in red instead of silver. And then we get another flashback scene. <laughs> Yeah, th- except this time it's not um, going to scare us, right? No, no. This is Bernadette's childhood. Yeah, that's right. And what is? Well, it? Bob. Bob is basically asking her like, why? Like, why are you yeah. transgender? Why are you? Why do you dress the way you do? Whatever. And she and the the flashback is when she was a little boy and apparently switched Christmas presents with her sister. Yeah. So her sister got the dump truck and and she got he got yeah, the, he baby, got the doll. baby doll and then it cut back to present day and Bernadette says, well, I guess I just didn't mm-hmm. have a choice. Yeah, yeah nice. very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that jogger again. Yeah, <laughs> that jogger is making really it's, good time. If you think it's about keeping it. up with them and they're on a bus like yeah. she's really jogging her little heart out yeah so uh is that the night where they have the um where they have the no it's not that's after right where they stay out all night Bernadette oh yeah is that after or is that that night um i think it's that night okay isn't oh no are you... regardless of where it, it appears <laughs> in the movie at one point tick and adam leave those two to be alone because bernadette wants to be alone with bob because bernadette actually likes bob a great deal and bob likes bernadette it seems yeah and then they stay out all night. <laughs> yeah. And Bernadette falls asleep in a cake. In a cake? Not going to explain it. Screw it. I don't know. There's a cake there. Yeah. There's a cake and Bernadette falls asleep and on uses it. uses it kind of like a pillow. Yeah. Okay. Cake pillow. Here we go. Want well, to a little bit of happiness before we go uh, before we go to the butthole of Australia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem like such a nice place. They, yeah. They, they pull into 
this really, really rough uh-huh. well, little town. Bob calls it a nowhere. tough little town. A tough little town. And by tough little town, you mean, oh, just filled with monsters everywhere? Okay. <laughs> exactly. A place that no one should ever go. Yeah, and Adam, and he basically says, you want to stay in your hotel room? Don't go out. And Adam does not listen to that. No. <laughs> No, Adam finds some drugs, mm-hmm. and and then Adam takes the drugs, mm-hmm. and then Adam gets all dressed up in all of his drag regalia, mm-hmm. and goes skipping into town, and where all where all the fellas are. So first stop is what the video store, right? Yeah, it goes to the video store. Mm-hmm. That I guess he does or does not get he, a movie. No, he well he's looking for the Texas Chainsaw Mascara. I get it. So <laughs> and I uh, just checked out my last copy. Sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah. So then, uh, I guess Adam sees a party <laughs> that he's going to crash. Yep. Uh, rule of thumb, everybody. Don't crash a party where they're roasting a whole kangaroo on a spit. <laughs> no, that's not a good sign. No. They're really hungry, and they will eat anything. Uh-huh. And at first, they're kind of like, oh, hello, young lady. Yeah, we don't get too many girls around here. Apparently. <laughs> and then one of the guys who is kind of like talking with, with Adam realizes that he's a guy, and then Adam... Adam throws a drink in his face because he's the, the other guy's being a jerk, and then they start chasing him. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Tick and Bernadette are having dinner, having a nice heart-to-heart talk about stuff, and then they see <laughs> Adam run past, being chased by a mob. <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, we better go help." Oh, and it turned out that Bob was at that party too, talking with the guys, yeah. having a, you know, having a, a drink. Yeah, and and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, they 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 corner Adam in like a junkyard or something. He's he's backed up. With with nowhere to go against like a big wall of like corrugated tin and Mm -hmm. the guy that he threw the drink at is sort of coming up and punches him and he's like all right hold him down and spread his legs and and it looks like it's gonna get really ugly get that awful feeling again yeah oh it's gonna it's gonna do that thing Mm -hmm. and then bob bob shows up bob shows up and he's like hey get off you know leave him alone Mm -hmm. and then they they threaten to turn on bob because bob's thinking we don't want any decent people here yeah bob (laughs) if you turn out to be a decent person (laughs) open-minded decent people are not allowed <laughs> you get out of here um so that doesn't really serve to calm anybody down nope. it just kind of puts them off for a second and then uh uh tick and bernadette show up and they better be goddamn careful because in another life bernadette was zod <laughs> yeah and that's what that's pretty much what happens um the uh the ringleader runs afoul of bernadette mm-hmm. and bernadette uh well he kneels before bernadette oh yeah put it that way he, and then he falls over on out. the ground in front of bernadette <laughs> probably yeah, then, throws up a little in front of yeah, Bernadette. He cries a little bit. You know, Bernadette yeah. takes him out. She gives him a double nut punch, which is yeah. never... A one is good. Two is <laughs> yeah, overkill. Yeah. Well, that's just two... The second one was just to teach him a lesson. <laughs> you know? The second one was to prevent him from having offspring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, so then we uh, learn about Bob's uh, marriage. Oh, yeah, that he apparently didn't know about. Yeah, until... we have another flashback. <laughs> until they were married. Where Bob wakes up out of a drunken super. I was really hoping this was when she left in the car that there was the last time we'd have to see Cynthia. But Cynthia's back again with a vengeance Yay! saying, we married. Oh, my God. We married now. <laughs> Ah, yes. Turns out that uh, he thinks she married him because 
she thought he lived in Sydney, which he doesn't. He lived out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but that's all over, right? Yeah. Well, he said, you know, she was my wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, one of them asks, like, what the hell did you stay with her for? Mm-hmm. Well, she was my wife. I guess he's honorable. Oh, oh Bob. Yeah. yeah. So now we finally, 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 finally make it to the hotel, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, Tick goes in, meets his meets his wife. Yeah. And they you immediately see, oh, yeah, these people get along. They have a history. Yeah. She's nice. She seems cool. Yeah, she seems like a cool lady. And she says, hey, you want to meet him? And he goes, yep. And <laughs> he goes back into another room. And then we find out, what, Steve? That Tick has a son. Yeah. Now, we probably should have figured this out. Because when they were having, when, when Tick and Bernadette were having uh, uh, dinner, Tick was like, hey, you ever wanted to have kids? And, and Bernadette goes, yeah, but I try not to think about it. And you? And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about kids. Get it? It's double, double meaning. Double, <laughs> double meaning. Because earlier also, when they find out that he's married, Bernadette says very pointedly, what's next? Do you have children? And he doesn't say anything. So, oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> so it turns no. out that weird flashback, they do a great bit of editing. This is actually a very well edited scene. We revisit the flashback of earlier of someone walking yeah. down the hallway. And they intercut that with Bernadette and Adam coming into the hotel room. And they open up the door. And the doctor says, Mr. Whatever your last name was, I can't remember. <laughs> it's a boy. It's a boy. And then the two scenes mix because then Bernadette is in a nurse's gown and is the nurse standing next to the doctor in the flashback, but then it turns back into the present time and it's Bernadette fainting. Yeah. Because Bernadette has found out that he's got a kid. Yeah. And um, Tick is a little nervous. Yeah, he doesn't want his kid to know what he does for a living. Or that he's, he's gay. Or, or he's gay. Any- He's a little thing. insecure. Yeah. Oh, he. Yeah. That's one of the first things he asks Mary, and he says, "Does he know?" Mm-hmm. You know. Then they do their show. Yeah. And it gets plus. It gets polite. A plus. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. People don't go nuts for it. Mm-hmm. And then they go on a picnic. And now we're going to realize Adam's dream, which was what? Well, he there's a mountain or a a, a, a ridge or some kind of rock formation like in this part of Australia that yeah. he want he always wanted to climb uh-huh. uh, wearing a dress. Now originally that was supposed to be Uluru, but there are laws about doing stuff on Uluru because it's such a <laughs> national monument. Yeah. That there is, because it's also a religious site for the Aboriginal people. And so there are certain things that you cannot do on Uluru. So they had to drop that and they made it Red's King Canyon or something like that. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he said, I wanted to climb Red's King as a queen or something yeah, in like full that. Drag. Yeah. And so they're going to go do that, and they're like, hey, Tick, you want to you wanna come? It'll be fun, I think. And he looks at his kid, and he's like, no, I'm a butch guy. I'm wearing butch clothes. Look at me and all yeah. my khaki. <laughs> I'm old man. That's right. He's just going to hang out with his son. And they go out, and his son is doing something that I loved to do when I was a kid, throwing rocks into a creek. <laughs> yeah, skipping stones. Like a boss, mm-hmm. and he's kind of, and Tick is kind of like, hey, uh, you know what I do for a living? And the kid's like, yeah. And you know that I'm gay? Yeah. You have a boyfriend? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> And Tick discovers something that is absolutely true about most children, and that is that they are very adaptable and more accepting than adults are. <laughs> yes, they, their their hearts haven't been encased by years and years worth of bigotry <laughs> and rejection. And so what happens, Steve? Well, he decides he's going to join his friends in drag and to climb the rock anyway. And do they do that? They Yes, they do. And they pose for the poster? Yes, they do. <laughs> Um, and then they yeah. and then they say, "You want to go home?" 
<laughs> and they're like, yep. There's yeah. a great line in there. After, oh, we forgot about this part. Um, when, a- after the whole, before the Bob flashback about his marriage, they go back to the hotel room. Tick is pissed off at Adam for getting, doing drugs and going out and nearly yeah. getting killed. And for the first time, because Bernadette and, and Adam don't really get along. They're very adversarial. No. Bernadette is like done. She's done with all this bullshit. And Adam represents all the bullshit that she doesn't want to be involved <laughs> in with anymore. But Adam's very upset. He's crying. You know, he was in a very traumatic situation. She yeah. comforts him and says, you know, we hate that piece of shit city that we live in, but in a way, it protects us. And she says, I right. don't know what the suburbs do if, they, if the suburbs keep us in or if it keeps them out. So there's this yeah. whole kind of, you know, they come to the appreciation of let's go home to, yeah. to Sydney. The stuff that we know, right? Yeah. So, and they still have the rest of their shows to do, but yeah, we skip but, most I mean, of that. Yeah. They they say up on the and rock, so what yeah, let's finish our shows and then go home. Right. The end. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, almost. Almost. <laughs> what happens next, Dave? Well, um, Tick's wife convinces him to, to take their son for a while mm-hmm. because she hasn't had, she's been raising him by herself this whole time and she's like, I want a break. Yeah. Time for you to have him for eight years or ten years. Yeah, or exactly. Let's just go eight years on, eight years off exactly. from now on. What do you say? Um, so they're all getting ready to leave mm-hmm. and they're, they're piling back on the bus mm-hmm. and then uh, they're like, oh, hey, Bernadette, where's your bags? And Bernadette says, in my room. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I'm staying here. Yeah. I'm not going with you. What? Why? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm staying here. I don't want to do this anymore. Are you in love with Bob? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stay here with Bob because I think Bob sort of works here now. Yeah. Because <laughs> he, he has a name tag and he's, he's wearing one of the shirts. He's changed out of those overalls. He's wearing, yeah, yeah. he's wearing like a tropical print shirt. Oh, yeah, and uh, also your uh, your wife gave me a job. Yeah, I'm going to like be in charge of the entertainment at the at the hotel from now on. Mm-hmm. So, have fun. Bye. Bye, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They get that one last dead naming in when yeah. there's nothing that she can do about it. Because Adam and Tick are leaving with uh, the kid, Benji. Yeah. And he calls him Ralph. And then finally, the thing that they've been promising to happen, because Bernadette had a rule, no goddamn ABBA, is what Bernadette yes. said. To which yes. Steve said, thank you, Bernadette. Yeah. But oh, it can't my last My favorite forever. character. Because now that Bernadette's gone... <laughs> Here comes the Abba. Uh Uh-huh. And it's fucking Mamma Mia. Uh Yeah, <laughs> we, they're they're back home. They're back in Sydney, mm-hmm. and we see uh, Mitzi and Felicia on stage mm-hmm. doing a drag act to Mamma Mia with the son in the audience, yeah. watching and working the light and, and having a great the time. And you know, they they finish the song up. The end. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. but we forgot uh, the stinger. What happens in the stinger, Steve? Well, a- after the credits, we see uh, a guy, I guess, in China, uh-huh. and he's just kind of standing around in China. And all of a sudden, in swoops this kite uh-huh. made out of a blow-up doll. Oh, and then what happens next? Does Nick That's Fu- Fury come out and, says, <laughs> the, the, and, and name drop the uh, the Avengers at the end? Exactly. <laughs> I'm putting together a team. They're called the Avengers. We need a blow-up doll kite. <laughs> we, need, we, we need an Asian dude with a blow-up doll kite. Are you in? I did not realize that this is my superpower. Yeah. A man like you catches a kite like that. That's no coincidence. <laughs> okay, really the end this time? Really the end this time. Okay, yay! All right, Steve. What are your thoughts on the classic gay cinema, although it went wide. Lots of people watched mm-hmm. this movie. Movie, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really liked it a lot. Kind of hard not to, huh? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and it's one of those movies that I... And I, I appreciate this whenever I see a movie that has this quality because a lot of movies have the opposite quality. This was a movie 
that I liked more the longer it went. Yeah. Um, I, I, a lot of movies start out really strong and then they just sort of coast. Like they, they run out of ideas or they get to a point where it just becomes formulaic and conventional. And mm-hmm. even if you wind up still liking the movie, it's clear that like it, it did its best work in the opening act and then just kind of went from there. Uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, I started out, I, I, I it was just sort of like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I, I would, getting to know the characters and getting to know the, the actors and it's like, oh, this is all right. And then by the time it was over, I really, really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. Like, it grew on me as I watched it, which is a nice quality for a film to have. Right. Um, I thought all the performances were terrific. I thought Terrence Stamp was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's one of my favorite actors anyway, but I thought it was, I thought he did a great job. Um, it was nice to see Hugo Weaving in a role where, because, you know, he's mostly known nowadays for like, you know, Agent Smith or mm-hmm. Elrond from Lord of the Rings, where they're not exactly expressive parts. No. And it was nice to be able to see him actually, you be know, a person? act with a, be a, yeah, and show emotion and have mm-hmm. fun and, you know, uh, especially when they're doing their drag act, his character is, and he as an actor is clearly the most into the drag acts, exactly. like his facial expressions and his body language. He's he just worked. fantastic. Yeah, he's just fantastic. Um, and, you know, and Guy Pierce as well. I mean, I, all three of the leads are just terrific. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a really good, it's a really good movie. It's it's funny. Um, it does have those sort of serious moments. It does have those moments that remind us that these people are not always accepted mm-hmm. by the, the the wider world. But that doesn't get too heavy handed. It doesn't get too dark. And it's always sort of used as an opportunity for them to overcome. Yeah, you know, it's not like one of because one of the uh, the sort of uh, knocks against cinema that portrays gay characters up until you know about maybe fifteen or twenty years ago was that the, something awful always had to happen to the gay people Mm -hmm. you know you have even if it was a movie that was about gay characters and they were the center of the story there it seemed like there always had to be some kind of crisis or something terrible had to happen to them one of them had to die or you know one of them had to find out that he has aids Mm -hmm. or some awful thing had to happen and that that's not this movie this movie doesn't go there it sort of flirts with it i would would, i'm sorry keep going well it's it's it flirts with that darker side Mm -hmm. but ultimately the the they're not emotionally troubled they're not like broken people you know they're they they're you know they have comp they're complicated and they don't always get along and they have things in their past but they're not these broken people you mean they're people they're, <laughs> yeah they're people and it's a movie about them you know mm-hmm. what i mean there it's that's one of the i mean obviously that's one of the hallmarks of of lgbt cinema is that the 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 lgbt characters are not there to service the stories of the straight characters mm-hmm. the story is about them and that right. again that's very much this movie um and it's i mean it it, it feels innovative and refreshing today for that reason because you know it, this this was this ended up being a pretty mainstream movie mm-hmm. and even though there is definitely a very rich category of, of gay cinema uh, that you can seek out yeah. in terms of the mainstream there really haven't been that many movies nope. since this movie came out that have broken through so mm-hmm. it, it still feels fresh even 22 years later mm-hmm. so I, I a really 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 good movie I really liked it yeah one of the nice things about about this movie and I think I have a better perspective on it because I did see it when it first came out mm-hmm. um, was that I don't know if I've mentioned this on the reviewing podcast but I grew up in a, in a queer household mm-hmm. so I was more exposed to queer cinema growing up than say the typical teenager or whatever um, what was nice about Priscilla Queen of the Desert was that it was the first mainstream film uh, or at least one that, that gained mainstream notoriety that was about gay people that wasn't about AIDS <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> up until that point it was that basically 
Absolutely. If you're going to be, oh, okay, we're going to have serious gay characters in this. Okay. When does our gay character die of AIDS? Because that seemed to be <laughs> almost universally that was, oh, if we're going to do a dramatic bit about gay people, it has to be about, you know, AIDS, because that's all we know about gay people. Gay people? AIDS. That was yeah. getting fucking tiring. <laughs> yeah. Is that the only time a gay person appeared in a film, they were either an exaggerated comic relief, a la, say, Mannequin, or any other movie. Or they were a tragic figure, like in, say, Philadelphia. Was it Philadelphia? What was the name of the movie? Tom Hanks. Yeah, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Where they are dying of AIDS, and oh, it's such a tragedy. So you either had outrageous caricature that you couldn't take seriously, or victim. Yeah. (laughs) And then Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, comes out and goes, okay, let's take the most characterized uh, um, traits of a gay person, you know, the the drag queen contingency, the the, the drama queen, uh, the, you know, the over-exaggerated caddy, all that stuff. Let's take those characters. Yeah, why not? Let's have a trans person in there, too. And here's something weird. Let's make them people <laughs> <laughs> with concerns and feelings and emotions. And this movie was sold on the, hey, let's check out the weirdos. And, you know, I think a lot of... A lot a lot of people went in expecting it to be the laugh riot a minute comedy in which you laugh at the people in the funny costumes who yeah. happen to be gay and what they got instead was yes there's elements of that but the comedy comes from their characters not from pointing at them and saying haha look how funny they are you know a lot of right. people would say well they're you know their outfits are just so outrageous that's it's kind of you know you're just gonna laugh at them but what they don't understand is is that when a drag performer makes an outrageous costume they are making it to be humorous it is a right. satire tire in and of itself. I've known lots of drag drag queens and drag artists, and there are different layers. There's, you know, the people who are glamour, which want to go for a very natural look. There's scary drag, in which it's very exaggerated, and they are all doing it to elicit a response. So, to me, their outfits were not the, were not what was not what was generating the humor. It was the interaction between these three main characters, and how very different, they were like different stages of a drag performer. You have the Adam character that is very young, and still very Caddy and still thrives on on jokes at other people's expense and gossip and all this other stuff. Like like Bernadette says, you know, he's performing twenty four seven. He's kind of adopted yeah. that per- persona. You have Tick, who is mid career, who is maybe starting to burn out. He he doesn't seem terribly happy at the beginning of the film, and then he's apprehensive about meeting you know people finding out about his wife and meeting his son and all this other stuff. But towards the end, he he meets he gets to a happier place in what he's doing. And then you have Bernadette, who's finished. <laughs> <laughs> Bernadette yeah. does not seem happy at any point in this movie. <laughs> is like, okay, I'll do this because you're my friend, and yeah, maybe we can get away. And Bernadette realizes in the course of this that they're kind of, that, that Bernadette is done. Bernadette doesn't want to do it anymore. And no mainstream movie had taken these characters and made them serious. And that is what I really respect about the film, is that it bothered, because this could, in <laughs> someone else's hands, these characters could have been just as bad of a stereotype as the Cynthia character. Oh, yeah. And instead, they rounded them out and made them people. And gave, even Adam, gave them emotional... There's a great scene where Adam is playing with Benji, right? Mm -hmm. And Adam is approaching Benji as if Benji is going to be awful. (laughs) (laughs) And he's kind of like, you know, you know about your dad, you know about how he's gay and all this other stuff. And he's expecting something awful. And Benji's like, man, you want to go play? I have Legos. <laughs> yeah, your kid doesn't care. And Adam's like, oh, that, okay. <laughs> That'll be awesome. <laughs> 
so yeah, I I haven't seen this movie in a while, and I forgot all about Cynthia for yeah. a reason. <laughs> <laughs> that is like the big, you know, the big flaw in it. But the writing and the characters are what bring, I think, what is what makes this movie stay and and makes it worth seeing again. Even though now it's what twenty twenty six years. Oh god, twenty six years old. No, I think twenty two. Twenty two years old. Um, and I also appreciate the fact that I forgot that Hugo, Hugo Weaving has range. I would love to see him play a real person again at some point. He, he can emote. He can emote. He has emotions and feelings. Please. I understand you make money, you know, playing V for Vendetta and all that other stuff, but I would love to see him play a regular person again. Yeah, he's good. He's really he's good. Very good. Um and so is Guy Pierce. <laughs> oh, Guy Pierce is fair. I mean, I, I you know, Guy Pierce has had a chance to show some range yeah. since this movie, but yeah, yeah, Guy Pierce is a terrific actor. Absolutely. Everyone everyone in this movie is is great. Yeah. Except <laughs> <laughs> Except for you, Cynthia. Except for Cynthia. <laughs> you know what you did. And we need to address this, right? Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Whose idea was that? Did they say, you know, this film is just a little too good? We gotta give them something to hate since we're, we're kind of showing real people yeah. <laughs> with, we're with, being... with the gay we're and being... trans characters. We gotta give exactly. them something to be able to laugh at it's... that'll make them feel ashamed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I mean, that's... That's the thing that that feels so jarring is that mm-hmm. it's in this movie that gets the LGBT characters so right mm-hmm. and does and does so right by them and yeah. portrays them as being fully realized characters and yeah. real people with emotions and ranges and and then it's all of a sudden right in the middle they drop this complete like just cartoon character yeah. of of a stereotypical Asian person it's like what the hell mm-hmm. how did this make it into this movie and, and so stereotypical. <laughs> Typical broken English. Oh God! And and just, and she's a mail order bride. Well, I, I guess mean, kind sort of. of. I, I don't mean, know. <laughs> or it's like all of a sudden you're going along, going, "Oh yay!" Da, 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 and then all of a sudden it's like a garishly painted monstrosity. Yeah, sticks its boobs in your face for five minutes while you're enjoying it. Well, not boobs. Um, you know what part of some other part? To. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's yeah. over, and you're like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> We, I think we made it. Are we okay? Is it done? Uh. She's not coming back. <laughs> and it did receive some criticism when the when deservedly so when the movie came out. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, there's there's another there's another aspect of the movie that I don't think it's fair to criticize it, uh, given the fact that it was made 22 years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think if this movie were made for the first time now, it would be an issue, and that's the fact that you know the the trans character is played by a cisgender actor and the gay characters are played by straight actors. Uh, I think that might be you know that would be an issue if the movie were made today because people would say, well, well, hey, would it kill you to cast some actual LGBTQ mm-hmm. people in these roles? Um, to counter but, those arguments, by the way, I will say this. Do you know how many movies Rock Hudson made pretending oh, to be straight? <laughs> pretending to be straight, yeah. Um, all of them. All of the movies you he know, made. I heard, a, I heard a rumor that Cary Grant was bi, but I don't remember us ever seeing him play a bi character. There was there there were deleted scenes in North by Northwest <laughs> that make it very clear. Well, hello. <laughs> you certainly fill out those, tra- those tra- trousers nicely. <laughs> and I'm just original- here to deliver your food, sir. <laughs> the original cut of arsenic and old lace is totally different <laughs> but no it, 
<laughs> I mean, and I the, the way I look at it is this movie was made in 1994 mm-hmm. at the time, especially given the fact that this broke through and became a mainstream movie. Yeah. Like just the the fact that it portrayed uh, LGBTQ characters and a trans a, character. Yeah, and, and and yeah, especially the trans character because I mean, trans folks are still just now starting to break through mm-hmm. in in into mainstream acceptance. And 22 years ago, to have a character like the Terrence Stamp character. Uh, uh, where if you know she is except for the assholes that they encounter on the road mm-hmm. she is accepted she isn't questioned she isn't looked at funny mm-hmm. nobody you know except for when adam is intentionally being a jerk she yeah. isn't misgendered or dead named or anything like mm-hmm. it's kind of a revolutionary portrayal mm-hmm. um of of a trans character mm-hmm. and if the worst that you can say about it is that they cast a cis actor to play her uh yeah like i i mean today i think that would be an issue but 22 years ago like the portrayal was such a breakthrough and mm-hmm. was such a positive step forward, and I think we can give them a little bit of space on that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I appreciate in regards to the characters is that they avoided the sainthood kind of deal. Yes. Where if you're going to have a gay character, you go out of your way to make sure that they are an absolutely perfect, good, and wonderful character, which yeah. is actually kind of a disservice because you are taking away their humanity when you do that. Right. You, they gave, these characters have flaws. These characters have problems with each other um, you know we basically have a scene where one of them's passed out in the uh, and the other two one, <laughs> one is getting slapped around yeah. because the other one dead named him in in public um, but they're still good people at heart we yeah. have plenty of dialogue where we discover that these people care about one another in one way or another and they allow those scenes to play out where we we get to see those relationships play out where where when Bernadette has to to, to comfort Adam after the the whole attack and yeah. in Bernadette's way and and you know, uh, and guy in that scene, Guy Pierce really does actually seems terribly upset. It, the thing about it is, is, all of these performances are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And yes, it can be a, it can go a little over the top. Yes, there is a road sign that has a shoe on it. Yeah, there are sort of stylistic flourishes here and there. Yeah, it, it, but this also kind of led into the whole Australian film is quirky. <laughs> yeah. You see the movies they're making down there? <laughs> what are they this, doing? Uh, this this was uh, like one of the considered one of the movies that introduced Australia cinema to the rest of the world. There's yeah. you know there are a few others, and uh, so on the whole, even now, 22 years later, I still like the movie. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could time it so that I can skip a part because, <laughs> uh, quite honestly, all we need to do is meet Bob. Yeah, and cut out all the rest of the stuff. <laughs> Hey, didn't Bob have a wife? No, shut up. No, they met him, and then he said, I'll come with you. That's it. That's it. It's kind of abrupt. Well, just watch the movie. You don't know. So, Steve, yeah, would you recommend The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? Well, that depends. You said that this is one of the movies responsible for introducing the world to Australian cinema. Does that mean that we have this movie to blame for Baz Luhrmann? Yes. <sighs> well, I guess I can forgive it for that. I would recommend it. <laughs> yes, of course. I can't I recommend believe you don't like the early works of Baz Luhrmann. Uh, I just don't like Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> Um, if Baz Luhrmann had directed this movie, uh, road signs with shoes on him would have been the least of our worries. Yeah, the road signs would have been on fire and singing. <laughs> yeah, and singing like U2 songs or something, like just something completely. Um, no, I, of course, I highly recommend this movie. It's a really, really great movie. Me 
22. And now, Steve and I will recommend another movie, hopefully related to this one. <laughs> Somehow. Steve, do you have a movie that you would like to recommend? I do have a movie I would like to recommend. And before I recommend the movie, I want to caution everybody. If you do decide to seek this movie out and watch it, it is extremely sexually explicit. Oh, boy. So if it, I'm so rubbing if that, my hands together now. So if it doesn't... <laughs> yeah, so if, sexually explicit. <laughs> so if that sort of thing makes you uncomfortable or if you're just not... I mean, like, super, like, like to the to the edge of being kind of like pornographic. Like, they're ramming that camera right into their like, junk. <laughs> Like, like Lars von Trier watched it and went, "Whoa, holy crap!" Uh, no, he threw up a little. <laughs> yeah. What are they? Oh my god! No, um, it's a movie. It's actually directed by John Cameron Mitchell, who also directed uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, mm-hmm. which is another sort of major film in, in LGBT cinema. Mm-hmm. This is a movie from 2006 called Short Bus. Oh my god! Um, that is about sort of just a group of friends in New York and their sexual adventures, and uh, it's it's um, extremely extremely sexually explicit so be aware of that yeah you see people's junk going into other people's junk and, oh my god wait junk goes into junk 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 goes into junk junk comes out of junk there's junk everywhere it's just <laughs> junk junkorama junk but, fest 2004 junk fest exactly um but it but it's 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 shot in a very sort of uh it, it's very realistic very sort of down-to-earth way the characters mm-hmm. are all the you know the acting is all very naturalistic the characters are all portrayed as you know real people it's very sort of uh, I mean you wouldn't necessarily call it cinema verite that's a little too highfalutin but just a a very straightforward very well shot very well told movie Mm -hmm. and um, it's it's it reminds me a lot of of the way Priscilla sort of tries to humanize its characters Mm -hmm. Uh, the characters in this movie are very much humanized they're very much flawed they feel like real people Uh, some of their stories are a little uh, cliched like there's there's one character like her, her story arc involves her never having had an orgasm which feels a little on the nose for a movie like this but but you know it's it's a really really good movie the characters by the time you get to the end of the movie it's only like an hour and a half long movie by the time you get to the end of it you feel like you've really gotten to know these people and you feel you feel that they are real people Uh and and you care about what happens to them and uh it's it's not a perfect movie but it's a really good movie and it's a movie i saw about i don't know five years ago or so cool um and i really dig it and if you can get past the incredibly explicit sex scenes or if that's something that you kind of like um then i think you'll enjoy it too it's short bus uh directed by john cameron mitchell so check it out okay my uh, keeping in what i've been doing lately and that is trying to find a movie that came out in the same year as the movie we just reviewed and is similar i really had to look for one But thankfully, there was another movie that came out that is also Australian, that also came out in 1994, that Hmm. also had ABBA. In fact, went overboard with the ABBA just a little bit to the point in which it was a major part of the plot line. But (laughs) if you can make it past the ABBA references and everything else, there was a little drama comedy that came out called Muriel's Wedding, which stars Tony Collette, Collette, uh, Rachel Griffiths, Bill Hunter, and Sophie Lee, directed by PJ Hogan. And it's kind of a coming of age story in a weird way. Um, yeah, uh, Tony Clyde plays uh, this woman named Muriel who hasn't developed totally. <laughs> <sighs> 
he's got a kind of kind of a verbally abusive politician father, and um, a bunch of stuff happens. There's shoplifting involved, and her obsession about trying to get married, and she has a whole bunch of really awful friends from high school. <laughs> but it's basically the story about how this woman develops and matures, and what she wants changes after she gets what it is that she she's been obsessing about. How she becomes a a more uh, a fuller person by the end. And um, I say it's a drama comedy. It it lean it can vacillate between the two between comedy, uh, which it's mostly, but it also treats the Muriel character as a real person. There will be times where you really don't like the Muriel character all that much, but that character redeems herself as the film progresses. Uh, I I liked it. I'm not going to say it's in my collection and I watch it every other week, but um, it's a little bit more of what happened in 1994 was that yeah, Australia cinema we got punched with it twice because we got we got Priscilla and we got Muriel's Wedding. There was another movie that I was going to recommend, but then I rewatched it and discovered oh it's god awful, so I'm not gonna <laughs> oh I'm not gonna recommend it. That Good movie call. was that movie was Go Fish. Oh, which literally okay. looked like it was made by high school students. I, I I know it's an important film for gay cinema, but I tried to rewatch it, and boy, it's like it's Clerks for lesbians. If <laughs> if it was more pretentious and you know had almost no plot. <laughs> A lot of movies came out in 94, too. 94 was a very, very busy year. We had Shawshank, yeah. we had Forrest God awful, God damn it. <laughs> Pulp Fiction? We had Pulp Fiction, yeah, Shawshank. So we had some good things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, that's it. Muriel's Wedding and whatever that porno was that Steve said. Short bus. Not a porno. Uh-huh. Hey, do you guys have uh, things that aren't pornos that you would like to recommend to us? <laughs> And maybe we should review, you know, whether it's a genre or whether it's an individual movie. Um, please go to the Let Me Listen podcast website, go to the contact page, and leave us a recommendation. And right now, I would like to state, um, there's something that Steve and I have been discussing, and I would just like to share that with the rest of you, so that you guys don't um, waste your time suggesting something. <laughs> um, we've been getting a lot of movies that would be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> to review considering our format. Now, you guys have listened to the show. You know what we do here. We take a movie and we make fun of it yeah. for about an hour and then we give it a real review and then it's over. And we like making the jokey jokes, right, Steve? We do. It's kind of our whole deal. But there occasionally are movies that people recommend and I don't know if they know what they're asking for, in which they say, <laughs> hey, you know, it'd be funny if you guys reviewed Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that. That's not... Listen, guys, I'm not worried about my ability to make fun of Schindler's List. I know for a fact that I could probably do an hour of comedy on Schindler's List. I'm sure Steve could do it, too. But, but will then, you respect us in the morning? Yeah, you would have to deal with our, our murder-suicide pact after we're done, because we wouldn't be able to look at ourselves in the mirror anymore. <laughs> that goes, oh, by the way, that also goes for uh, movies like The Color Purple. Yeah. When we were going to do um, this genre, when we were going to do gay cinema, we were trying to decide which film we were going to do, and that was either this film, which was Priscilla, or Brokeback Mountain, and the tiebreaker was, hey, can you imagine us making fun of Brokeback Mountain for an hour? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's only so many Randy Quaid jokes you can do. Now, does that mean... You can't do a whole show of that. Yeah, exactly. Now, do you think that 
that means forever we can't do it? No, because just like with everything else, the passage of time changes everything. Right. So if you want our comedy review of Schindler's List or Brokeback Mountain or The Color Purple, <laughs> check in with us 250 years from now yeah. when it's okay to make jokes about them. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what? We could do a we could do a show about a Civil War movie now yeah. and make fun of it. That's sure. right. We could, we could do that. Mm-hmm. So it just takes a couple centuries for it to work its way through. <laughs> Until it's funny. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, speaking of which... Hey, Steve. Yeah. Do you know what we're going to review next time on the show? Well, I, I know because we discussed it before. Damn it. Okay, <laughs> this is a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, what it's movie too are we late. Gonna... We can't take another run at what it. What movie are we going to do next? Why don't you just tell everybody? I don't care anymore. You wrecked the bit. I'm sorry. Just do we're it. Gonna... It's the black exploitation flick that's a favorite. <gasps> One of, of my favorite genres. Yay! Yes, yes. <laughs> It's um, it's a little, it's a lesser known entry in the black exploitation genre. We don't some, do lesser known. We don't do lesser known on this show. Some of our listeners may have heard of it. It's it's a little quiet film that made a slight little ripple in the culture at the time called Shaft. What? <laughs> John Shaft. Oh, got it. Yeah. You heard right, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to get all the jokes on the next episode of Late Seating, you have to go find and watch Shaft, not the remake that came out a couple of years ago. That was weak sauce. Even though it had Samuel L. Jackson, it was weak, the weakest of sauce. That's right. We're talking about the original Richard Roundtree version. Full-bodied, smoky-flavored sauce. Yeah. That is Shaft. The great soundtrack, great everything. So that's, if you guys want homework, we're not telling you you have to, but if you would like to, in the next Two weeks. Go find Shaft and you watch it and watch it. <laughs> you, you better watch that movie. <laughs> okay, that's it. I think we're done, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yay! Okay, for late seating, this has been Jason Harding, and go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. No more fucking Abba. <laughs> Well, come on, let's sing a little bit. We we, we, we can only sing a few because we I can't afford yeah we, the you, the movie because Mamma Mia, there I go again. <laughs> my 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 <laughs> yeah, that's how you can sing it. You just break it up into just tiny little fragments. We're, we're just having a conversation. We're not singing the song. Actually, I think that's the only Abba song I I think I know. Well, I'm that's good. That means you've you've led a, a very fulfilling life. Now, there's got to be another Abba song I know. Of. There's lots of Abba songs. They did a whole musical of them. Did they really? Yes. Let's review that. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. You sound like Ralphie after he shot his eye out. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. We are doing that album musical. (laughs) I don't know if it's ten years old yet. It's definitely not a classic. Nope. It's a big pile of crap. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I think Meryl Streep is talented in almost everything. I think they did that just so they could make the movie. They're like, "We, you really want to do this ABBA musical? Yeah. Well, okay, okay. get Meryl Streep to do it, and then we'll talk. <laughs> They'll never get her. What? <laughs> she, she said yes? Oh, shit. Who else? Colin Firth? What the hell is uh, going on? Do these people need Pierce work? Brosnan wants to be in this? Uh, this is a joke, right? We're not no really one really wants to movie. make this movie. <laughs> we're really going to release this movie. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. 
You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmelistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Let Me Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening. This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie.